Welcome to Eternity Now's Worship and Weekly Message, 20 Years of the Good Fight of Faith, as I celebrate two decades of ordained ministry. I'm Senior Pastor and Evangelist Kyle Huckins. Eternity Now is an evangelism outreach and church in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. See our weekly message live Saturdays, 5 p.m. Mountain at Facebook.com slash Eternity Now Media. Twitter's at Kyle Huckins. YouTube.com slash at Eternity Now. Our LinkedIn, too. Anywhere you're seeing this live, you can see weekly live. We also have a Revelation Bible study on Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Mountain, same places and platforms. Our main website is www.eternitynow.com, and it has links to our videos, podcasts, my writing for national websites, our beliefs, background, and more. Our group reached over 1 million people for Christ in our first two years, 1,047,514 to be exact. We want to reach another million this year, and your tax-deductible gift will save lives eternally. Just $20 a month for 20 years, a present not to me, but to other people, being able to let them into Jesus, reaches 8,000 folks with the gospel in a year, only three cents per soul. Go to EternityNow.com and click Support Us to see more and ways you can give securely so that others might know Christ. Cash App. PayPal secure site, as well as a check. Well, I'm celebrating 20 years since I was first ordained to the ministry. And that ceremony in a church on a closed air base in Amarillo, Texas, I could never have imagined the successes, hardships, and bliss I've had serving the Lord in the ministry. Today, I not only want to recall some highlights, I want to also challenge you, if you're saved, to go forward in spreading the faith, and if you don't know Christ, to become His. My message today is 20 years in the fight of faith, from 1 Timothy 1, 12 to 17 and 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 8. Oh, Father God, thank you so much for the chance to be able to bring your word to the people today and for 20 years of doing same. Oh, Lord God, I pray that you bless abundantly today. We thank you, Lord God, for this time. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Well, when I became a believer in 1994, I had no idea I would become an ordained pastor and evangelist. I was a radio news director in a major American city, top 10 market, winning awards and attracting listeners with a great void in my spirit. When I started following Christ, I was simply thankful for knowing the truth and was excited to know God better. However, the Lord had much more in store. Let's go now to 1 Timothy 1 verses 12 to 13. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he accounted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. Paul was a smart fellow who thought he knew God. And all the qualifications and honors, being circumcised, born to Israel's tribe of Benjamin, knowledgeable and studying under the best, devoted to his faith by persecuting Christians, and keeping the law of Moses. I, too, had a strong background in my field, several awards for excellence, a history of high ratings, and honors in college from those with solid experience. I was an atheist, then an agnostic. I enjoyed having preachers on my newscasts and talk shows to corner them and make them squirm. I found, however, that faith does make sense. 
And if you investigate Christ and Christianity, you will find the same too. Completing verse 13 through verse 15. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Jesus Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Oh, yes. And me as well. Perhaps worse. I was baptized as a baby. I had a confirmation certificate from church. But like Paul, I didn't know Jesus Christ at all. Yet he was merciful to me as to that great apostle. Imposing difficult questions of Christians and pursuing excellence in broadcasting and logic. I thought I was doing right. I didn't believe in the supernatural, and I wanted people to rely only on rationalism to make decisions. In my ignorance, I was sitting at home, at work, and around town. Ah, but God had another plan. He delights in turning bad to good, darkness to light. Truly, there is no one beyond his mighty power. And 1 Timothy 1, 16-17, However, for this reason I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God alone who is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. An elderly woman from the Gideon's Auxiliary gave me a pocket New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs. And in reading it, I came to know the Lord. I now recognized its truth, not like when we kids copied answers off each other in confirmation class. And I followed what the scriptures said to do. Ultimately, it led me to a Bible-believing church. And soon God began to use my communication skills in teaching, preaching, media, and evangelism. Thus proving the power, glory, grace, and mercy of the Father who sent his only begotten Son to die for us and rise again so we could as well. Oh, my friend, don't only rely on someone else's talk or faith. Read the Bible for yourself. Check out our Lord's claims. Do a full assessment and make an informed, intelligent decision on your forever. I first led another person to Christ two years following my own conversion. I began teaching in church three years after I was saved and preaching at five years. <laughs> I was first ordained in 2003 by an independent church, then in 2009 by a major African-American denomination, the Church of God in Christ, and in 2020 as an evangelist by a county minister's group. Since then, I've served as associate and senior pastor and minister, education director, dean of a statewide ordination and licensure institute, evangelist, and in local, regional, and international denominational communications and relations. As I like to say, I've preached before two and two thousand in person and millions over the internet. The Lord has had me bring the word in several dozen churches of over 20 different denominations and fellowships, coast to coast, border to border in the USA, plus some in Mexico and Canada. The people receiving the call to Christ that God has had me issue have been white, black, brown, yellow, and red, living from Alaska to Virginia, six years old to 90, straight, gay, and transgender, married, divorced, and single, all with this in common. They were sinners needing salvation by God through Jesus, just like I did 
29 years ago. And oh, friend, if you want to boost in your faith and just lead somebody to Jesus, you'll feel as though you were born again, again. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 to 2. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Oh, I get riled up and excited just hearing that. In this chapter, Paul is encouraging his youthful protege, Timothy, to be faithful to the Bible and his calling to lead God's people. Oh, my friend, too many pastors today preach whatever will keep them in favor with their congregation. They fear man more than God. But being a pastor is no ordinary job. We clergy must be firmly persuaded that Jesus is going to judge every soul. And if we just preach pablum, well, those folks will be unready the judgment to come. The pastor is to correct and encourage. If you resist church discipline, my friend, repent and thank the Lord for it. It may well save your soul. And be suspicious of a shepherd who never challenges his flock. 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 to 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. We are in that time. Perhaps even more of a problem than pantywaist pastors is the too many in the pews have little or no real faith in Jesus Christ. Told to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans that Jesus cursed in Revelation 2. They believed that once one was saved, what they did mattered not. It's all in your mind. Well, such a belief is that of a false teacher who's content to feed his people the fables they desire instead of the facts they need. Oh, in verse 5, you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Oh, my friend, anyone who is filling the pulpit correctly will face challenges. Those of the Jezebel spirit have infiltrated congregations. They run their husbands, even though the Bible and church constitution may prohibit women from serving as elders and deacons. The devil will have people lie about true shepherds, stir opposition to them, and even undermine the saving of souls. Still, no matter the difficulties, we who are called as pastors must keep encouraging salvation, repentance, and faith. Of whom much is given, my friend, much is required, as our Lord himself said when he ministered upon this earth. Before you take on a pastor, remember he has a holy calling and office. And you risk fighting God himself when you come against the shepherd's ministry. And oh, I also want to challenge my fellow pastors to do the work of an evangelist. Eternity Now and I not only witness online, we also do so in person. From huge cities to very small towns, I've seen quite a number of people come to Christ through proclaiming the way of salvation from the pulpit, in the street, door to door, in hospitals, and anywhere else God connects me with folks. My advice to fellow preachers, make clear how to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior as we do at eternity now. Make it part of every service. It doesn't have to be long, just consistent. Give the opportunity for people to respond and be saved too. 
and briefly explain the steps of discipleship so new believers know how to go deeper into the faith. Oh, there is absolutely nothing more important than saving souls, especially as we move rapidly into the end times. Verses 6 and 7. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. <laughs> what a wonderful declaration from a man who gave so much, who endured so much, and who received ultimately that crown of life. All oh, the job of a pastor can be exhausting. Preparing sermons and Bible studies can take a good deal of time, but those are only the most public duties of a minister. We field phone calls from people who want benevolence funds, face challenges from those wanting to debate doctrine, pray continually for our congregation and for those to whom we witness, often visit in person or otherwise our people, frequently must turn back those who stir division within church ranks, face budget shortfalls, endure increasingly hateful media, are betrayed by some of the people who say that they are closest to and most supportive of us. And yet, and yet, and yet, despite all of that, pastoring is still worthwhile, for God is loving, kind, and patient, creator of all, to serve him in his house, bringing others to him, helping others to understand and to lay hold of him and his word. Oh, it's a high honor with rewards that are not easily grasped at first glance. And finally, 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And here is one of those rewards, the crown of righteousness. For God imparts to us his son's righteousness, when we're saved, we give up and say, we can't rescue ourselves. Ah, but Jesus can. What grace, what mercy, and what love. Oh, I cannot wait for Jesus appearing. His setting right a world gone so incredibly wrong. His glory shining forth without darkness. And we, his people, with him without end for eternity. Oh, friend, do not hope in this wayward planet or those who are doomed upon it. Hope in the Lord. <laughs> oh, we have seven takeaways of this triumphant message today. Number one, God delights in turning sinners to saints. God delights in turning sinners to saints. He changed me from combative talk show host to media preacher by his spirit, and I'm a trophy of his grace. Number two, no one is beyond the power of God. No one is beyond the power of God. I didn't even believe he existed. And here I am, three decades later, leading people to him in the most unlikely scenarios. Even someone transgendered just very recently. First time I had been able to see saved the T, the LGBT. Number three, never underestimate the value of the Bible, the Word of God. Never underestimate the value of the Bible, the Word of God. The person most responsible for my salvation is the Holy Spirit, for he flowed through holy men of God to write Scripture, according to 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21. The Bible is detailed yet general enough to pertain to every individual, timeless, yet located in period and place like no other sacred work. 
settled forever, yet alive through the spirits applying its passages to our lives. Oh, friend, it is no mere book. It is spirit and it is life, just as Jesus Christ himself said of his words in John 6, 63. Number four, the world is not the greatest enemy of the church. That is reserved for those in the pews and pulpits who have a form of godliness but deny God's power. The world is not the greatest enemy of the church. That's reserved for those in the pews and pulpits who have a form of godliness but deny God's power. Almost every day, I talk with those turned off Jesus because of people who sow division in God's house, push personal agendas instead of reaching out to the unsaved, and heard thousands of sermons, yet never applied them. Those interlopers will be judged most harshly. And remember James 3.1, my friends, let not many of you be teachers, for we shall have a stricter judgment. Number five, before you take out a pastor, remember he has a holy calling and office. You risk fighting God himself when you come against a shepherd. Before you take out a pastor, remember he has a holy calling and office. You risk fighting God himself when you come against a shepherd. As Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 13, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Number six, pastors, do the work of an evangelist. You have no greater calling. Pastors, do the work of an evangelist. You have no greater calling. If someone's not saved, then nothing they'll do will bear lasting fruit in the Lord. Our lives are for naught spiritually. But if one knows Christ truly, then his fruit will multiply 30, 60, and 100 fold, as Jesus tells us in Matthew 13. And number seven, bring unity to the body of Christ by serving God first, following the Bible, and loving every person the way our Lord did when he was upon this earth. Bring unity to the body of Christ by serving God first, following the Bible, and loving every person the way our Lord did put upon this earth. Oh, friend, Christ corrected, encouraged, convicted, and exhorted. Contend earnestly for the faith and the power of the Holy Ghost. And friend, today I want you to be in unity with the true church. That comes from being one with God through Jesus Christ. Friend, there is no other way to be saved. Jesus himself said it in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father but by me. As Hebrews 2 and 3 asks pointedly, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? We shall not escape. It might be the last time you hear the gospel. Will you accept it and fly to heaven or rely on self, other people, luck, and go down in flames? There are four essentials to salvation. We must repent of sin, turn from it, asking God's forgiveness for what we've done wrong and failed to do. None of us is perfect, including yours truly, pastor, for 20 years. But when we turn, when we ask him for forgiveness, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
We must confess faith in Jesus, that he's the only way we can be saved. And his sacrifice on the cross paid our price forever. Also, believing Jesus Christ rose in body as well as in spirit that third day in the tomb. For he needs to rise if we shall. And we must follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Yes, we're going to fall sometimes. But what we do is repent, ask forgiveness of God, and we get up by the power of the Holy Spirit and we head toward that cross. For we have decided to follow Jesus. And there is no turning back now. Oh, friend, will you join with me accepting the Lord Jesus Christ in this prayer? You'll be able to repeat after me. And if you're believing what you're saying, well, that will count as your salvation prayer. Let you just keep going in the Lord and you'll be walking into heaven one day. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. I confess faith that Jesus Christ has died for my sins. I believe he rose in body and in spirit the third day in the tomb. And I will follow him as Lord and Savior, repenting should I fall. Come into my heart, Lord God, and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, friend, it's so exciting to connect with Jesus. Amen means so be it. Let it be, Lord God, let it be. <laughs> and friend, once we're saved, we need to follow the steps of discipleship. First, be baptized in water. You need to be baptized on the right side of the cross. You've now believed. So now receive the blessing. That is in baptism. When you obey God, you are truly going to receive his best. Read the Bible. How do you know who God is? Well, you need to look at that word settled forever. The Holy Scriptures, the 66 books of Old and New Testament. They'll tell you the promises that you can lay hold of. Pray to receive them. You got to pray in all things, as Paul says. It, pray for the phone call that you're about to make. Uh, pray for good rest. Pray for your neighbor to be healed, your son to be saved. These are all wonderful petitions of God. Come to church here online with us, friend. Uh, we are a fellowship with Bible study, with preaching, with prayer. You can contact us. Contact me, Kay Huckins, K-H-U-C-K-I-N-S, at eternitynow.com. K-H-U-C-K-I-N-S at EternityNow.com. Give me a ring, 806-463-8793. Again, 806-463-8793. USA, drop us a line. P.O. Box 1422, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, S-C-O-T-T-S-B-L-U-F-F-N-E-U-S-A-69363. Also, fellowship with other believers. I love to spend time with the people of God. We're all headed to the same place beyond, my friend. We're going to heaven together. Let's get together on the earth as well. And friend, they can help you when you're down. You can help them when they're down. We help each other move. We help each other when we have needs. Oh, friend, it is just so wonderful to have the community of God. And finally, pursue personal relationship with the only God that ever has been, is, or will be. His name is Yahweh, Jehovah, 
as some like to render it. I am that I am, the self-existent one. Everything in the universe has been created except for God. And he knows you individually. You are not a mistake no matter what anybody says. You were put here for a purpose. God put together your soul as well as began that process to make your body. Pray to him, read his word, come to his church, be with his people, and you will grow in intimacy with the Lord God Jehovah. And friends, remember, Eternity Now is an evangelism outreach and church that meets in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. See the weekly message live Saturdays, 5 p.m. Mountain on Facebook.com slash Eternity Now Media. Twitter's at Kyle Huckins, YouTube.com slash at Eternity Now, and our LinkedIn. Wherever you're seeing this now live, well, you can see any week live. We also have a Revelation Bible study Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Mountain, on the same places and platforms. Our group is two years old. It reached one million people for Christ in the first 24 months, and we want to reach another million this year. We need your help. Donating $20 a month for maybe that 20th anniversary, not a gift to me, but to be able to reach people for Jesus, we'll reach 8,000 folks in a year. Just go to eternitynow.com, click support us to see more and to give securely. Well, let's now go to our Father in prayer. I have to tell you, I have tracked the answers to prayer requests for years, and I found that well over 90% of the petitions I prayed with others have come to pass. Friend, let's go with that confidence right now. Oh Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus Christ so that we could be saved, as well as his also his beautiful and powerful word to lead, guide, and bless us in this life and that to come. We ask for you to purify and empower the church of Jesus Christ, that we may take as many with us to heaven as possible. We pray for our government to follow you, O oh God. We thank you also for blessing me for 20 years as pastor and evangelist. We celebrate the salvations of those coming to Christ through this very ministry. We pray your comfort to all suffering losses. We ask for good health. We pray your help to those in tough situations. We ask your blessing on those giving in various ways to make this broadcast, preaching salvation, available to those who need it. We also ask for all watching and listening to be blessed in every way they need. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen and amen and amen. Oh, it's so wonderful to have you with us today, my friend. I'm pastor and evangelist Kyle Huckin. Thanking you for worshiping with Eternity Now. Be sure to take a look at our main website, eternitynow.com, E-T-E-R-N-I-T-Y-N-O-W.com. You can find there links to all our videos, where to download our new podcast, see our beliefs, my writings for national Christian outlets, the way of salvation, and much more. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, and give you peace. Shalom, my friend. Shalom. <laughs>